One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. And welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming, from Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen. Find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone, voluntarily. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two kids, Jay, he's five, and Kenny, he's two. And I have three kids, Tony is 11, and Libby and Nate are seven. And today, we are lucky to be joined by Sandy Nussbaum, host of the Let's Talk Diz podcast, and owner of Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services, which provides concierge planning services to vacationers looking to experience a bit of Disney magic. Welcome, Sandy. Hi, I'm so excited to be with you ladies today. We are excited to have you. So thrilled. We usually just say our name and however old our kids our kid is. Do you want to share that with us? You bet. So I'm Sandy. I have a 25-year-old daughter named Annie. And as a court-appointed special advocate, I have lots of extra children in my heart. We like to tell a quick story about how awesome or occasionally awful our kids are. Because in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers, we're moms too. I have a very appropriately themed story about my kids. So advent calendars are big in our house and we get the fancy Lego advent calendars where each day they get a new little Lego, just a mini set to put together. And uh, my boys are super into Star Wars. So we have the Lego Star Wars advent calendars And in normal times, it's great because they get up really early because they're so psyched to open the days of the calendar. But now we're distance learning from home. So I enjoy their enthusiasm. (laughs) But I could do with a little bit later wake up. (laughs) How about you, Sandy? Has your 25-year-old daughter or have any of your uh, court-appointed kids done anything super adorable lately? I'm going to give a shout out to my niece for when she was younger, because you made me think about all the Star Wars stuff and going into the parks and how kids just sometimes what I call word vomit, whatever's on their mind. And so Mm -hmm. we were in Hollywood Studios and we were walking towards the Tower of Terror and she just looked at it and went, wow, the Tower of Terror is tasty. And And she went, I'm sorry, I'm really hungry. I need a snack, but I know that's where we're going. And it just came out. And now all these years later, every time we go to Hollywood Studios and we think about Hollywood Studios, that line just has lived in our family forever. So I think that's our our funny Star Wars slash Studios moment. <laughs> I love that's it. Cute. I feel like there was some era in history in which Tasty would have been appropriate in that sense, right? <laughs> like Tower of Terror is tasty, dude. Like, right? Maybe? I don't know. I'm just talking. So this past week, we turned Kenny's car seat around from being rear-facing to being forward-facing. Yeah, I know. And before you get on my case, I know he's not yet 30 years old, which is the manufacturer-recommended time to turn your child around from (laughs) rear-facing. He's a really big kid, so we're well within parameters. He's a big dude. 
so for the first time, I can look in my rearview mirror and see both of their smiling faces without having to resort to like different configurations of mirrors. And Kenny is going through a big I want to do whatever Jay is doing moment. So I am just so tickled to put on the music in the car, which right now, since we're we're doing everything Disney this week, which right now is the uh, soundtrack to the Disney musical Newsies, the Broadway version. Uh, they both sing along and bob their heads and wave their arms in unison now. And it is the cutest thing. I'm like trying not to be distracted when I'm looking behind me in the rearview mirror and keep my eyes on the road. But it's pretty stinking adorable. That sounds really cute and super appropriate for TikTok if you were on TikTok. Oh, yeah. But as you know, I struggle to even embrace Instagram. <laughs> So let's talk about screen time in the news this week. We all read an article about Home Alone, and there's going to be a Disney Plus reboot of it. And the original Home Alone director, Chris Columbus, is not going to watch it. (laughs) um, Really slammed it. He thinks it's a waste of time. And the article was sort of about what a promising cast the new reboot is going to have and what Disney plus is doing. And then it's also about Chris Columbus's sour grapes. Yeah. What, what do you two think about the prospect of a new home alone? I have to wonder if because we're in COVID and the juices just aren't flowing, if people are really just reaching for things, reboot seems to be the way to go. Mm -hmm. And It looks like as you watch all of these reboots, they're definitely 50-50. There's really no middle of the road. They're either, wow, super amazing, really nailed it, or who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we are of two minds about reboots in this podcast. We do definitely cover our fair share of them because they tend to all be geared towards products that we loved as children and we just can't resist poking the bear and watching the new ones. But I do kind of think a property like Home Alone could actually maybe benefit from a little bit of an update because do you think modern kids can really relate to the series of circumstances that leads to Kevin McAllister being left at home anymore? With all the technology that we have, with the prevailing attitudes about parenting and like what degree of space doubtedness is appropriate is appropriate now, I think a lot of kids would watch the original Home Alone and be just totally in a state of disbelief that such a thing could even happen. It definitely is like a historical artifact mm-hmm. from the time of landlines. Uh-huh. They're all nobody... looking for his cell phone, which is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Why did mom hit the locator button? Right. <laughs> so I'm curious myself to see how Disney Plus will handle a script where a kid can get left alone. I would definitely watch it. It looks like a really fun cast. Like Ellie Kemper is going to be in it. Rob Delaney, Keenan Thompson. He's one of my favorites. Pete Holmes. He's very funny. Chris Parnell. So I'll definitely watch it. I don't agree with Chris Columbus that a timeless classic like Home Alone can't be messed with. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the lesson of all these reboots that Well, like Sandy was saying, they either hit or they totally miss. And I think this has potential. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, 
We are so excited to have Sandy with us today because, as I mentioned up top, she has a Disney podcast and she works with Travel to the Disney Parks. So we have a perfect topic to talk with her about today, and that is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. It just premiered on November 17th on Disney+. Plus. Just a little rundown about the show. It was directed by Ken Cunningham, who has directed a lot of the Lego crossover cartoons that I know my kids love, like Lego Marvel and Lego Jurassic World stuff. And it was written by David Shane, who has also done a bunch of those Lego shows and a few Ninjago episodes to do a callback to a show that we reviewed quite some time ago. The basics of the plot are that while trying to learn more about the Force, Rey embarks on a jumbled journey through time and encounters all her classic Star Wars friends. She tries to make it home in time to celebrate Life Day with Chewie and all of her other friends. We picked it because it's Lego plus Star Wars and none of our kids would let us miss it. And it's really time to get in the holiday spirit. It's hard to believe we're already through Thanksgiving and we're fully immersed in holiday movie season. And we've talked about it so little on the podcast. So we're excited to get it going. And it brings so many of my loves together. As you said, I'm a Disney girl. I've done Galaxy's Edge now on both coasts. Immersed, that's Star Wars. I love the Lego stores in Disney Springs and downtown Disney and even Lego Land. So watching how it all comes together, taking those immersive experiences and now bringing it into our home through the TV is always fun. Mm -hmm. So thoughts on the just general concept and the plot. My first question is, do you need to know a lot about Star Wars in order to enjoy the Lego Star Wars holiday special? I have to admit that I did not recognize Poe Dameron in his ugly holiday sweater. <laughs> yeah. so that really so threw me. I'll fess up that I loved the ugly holiday sweater. <laughs> but before I could get on this show with you, I took a screenshot and texted it to a friend of mine who is Star Wars all the way because I am not. And I'm like, who's wearing the ugly sweater? <laughs> so he texted me back who it was. I'm like, oh, okay. So you definitely weren't alone in figuring out who everybody was. But of course, you know, the Yoda was adorable and Mm -hmm. and chewy. I think the true Star Wars fans clearly recognize everybody. Mm -hmm. But they also, most of them took it a little too serious for me. If you check out some of the online reviews. Oh, really? I was watching one of the websites that I'm part of is like Disney fandom. Somebody posted a question about it and there were like 80 responses. Well, I don't know that they should have released this because it wasn't done in true canon style and it doesn't. And I'm like, it's a kid's funny animated thing. Let's laugh and enjoy and take it for what it is. So you didn't recognize the character, but you had to love the ugly sweater. Right. It's one thing. I think anybody can love it for the laughs. And some of the characters are obviously newer characters, where others are definitely classic. So nobody's going to look at it and be totally lost. That's a good point. Everybody is going to know somebody over the course of the episode. And I just have to ask this, Sandy, and excuse me while I throw some shade, 
But are true Star Wars fans ever happy about anything that happens with the franchise these days? (laughs) You know, I think that's honestly the sign of their dedication, though. Mm -hmm. They are looking with such minutia that, you know, they're going to catch every little detail. I had a friend email me, I guess it was Sunday night with the new episode of Mandalorian. And she circled this screenshot and had to put a big red arrow so I didn't miss it. One of the production slash tech guys on the crew somehow ended up in the scene. You could see like, (laughs) I guess it was his left arm and a tiny bit of his jeans. Oh no. There are no jeans in the wardrobe for this series. And I'm like, oh my God, it's funny. Like you had to circle it for me to see it, but that is Disney fandom. And a little Star Wars trivia for you. If you know about Disney Imagineering, they are not allowed to sign their names on any of their work. So the way that they sign their names is they put what we call a hidden Mickey into different attractions in the park. Mm -hmm. That iconic three circles and you can go hunting for hidden Mickeys. Galaxy's Edge on both coasts is the only spot in Disney where you will not find hidden Mickeys because the Imagineers that I was talking with about it said that the Star Wars fans in particular are so much more obsessed than your average Disney fan that they knew they'd never get them out of the park when they first opened until they found the Mickeys. So they've made it very clear there were none allowed to be placed there. So it is a very, very strong fandom. Wow. Wow. That is fascinating. So maybe the less Star Wars knowledge you have, the more you would enjoy the Lego Star Wars holiday special. (laughs) Because I've watched the movies like about once each, and Mm I was pretty much fine with it. Like I recognized most of the characters. Couple of questions. Good thing I watched with my Star Wars head kids and husband because they could they could keep me on track. Um, Have you watched other Star Wars Lego properties? We reviewed Ninjago. We found it very, for lack of better term, dude bro geared geared towards like 20 something guys how do, how do you think that it compared to other lego think, star wars i think shows? like anything else it's all about first of all how you go into it you know if you go into it because you're a star wars fan and you're expecting the next piece of the movie again you're going to be disappointed mm-hmm. if you go into it that it's 45 minutes of my life and i'm going to have a laugh or two it's mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. but i think also everybody feels differently Um, As I was saying to you ladies, my family's big musical and musical theater people. So when I was looking at all of the credits and stuff, to me, this is a movie scored by John Williams. And if you're not a music person, that may not mean anything to you. So to give you context, the man has over a hundred Academy Award, Emmy, Golden Globe nominees. He's won almost 30 awards for best score on major films, some of them serious, some of them more animated like E.T., but serious music. I mean, incredible. And let's be honest, this may not be the song that resonates with you for the rest of your life. Everybody's not going and downloading it from iTunes. 
But somebody who has that incredible talent, that music is also help moving the movie and creating that atmosphere for you and that sense that you may not have even realized how intense some of that music was and how it really brought so much to the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I liked the score a lot. It was really well done. I just love that using the serious music that we know from all the Star Wars movies, it almost helps add that element of levity. Like, don't take this too seriously. We're playing like the classic Darth Vader scene over the classic Darth Vader music over a ridiculous scene. I like that juxtaposition of comedy with something that has kind of become a sacred cow you know they're so careful about licensing for that music you don't hear it everywhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. so true so speaking of licensing do you have thoughts on why the show was made are we over our disgust by shows that are clearly made to sell merch because i think this is gonna push the star wars holiday ugly sweater and i think i'm fine with that do we think it's a good fit for the holiday season or do we think it's like a crash crass merchandising? I'll say it had something to do with the merchandising. Again, if you are a big Disney fan, you might be familiar with D23, their big fandom organization run by Disney. And normally this time of year, they have their annual convention, usually out in California, draws massive crowds, releases all the Disney spoilers for the years, the movies and all of that. This year, obviously, because of COVID, couldn't have it. And like so many other things, they went virtual. They Mm -hmm. did not do anywhere near a full conference because it just wouldn't be the same. They did four different online panels that anybody could view without paying. And the first one, I have to be honest, and Disney don't listen, don't be mad at me. The first one, when we got to the end, I said, oh, my God, I just watched a 45-minute commercial on all the Star Wars merchandise I can buy this year. Oh, man. It was 45 (laughs) minutes of new merchandise coming to Galaxy's Edge and coming to shop Disney. So, I don't know. Now Now that you say it, I say... Did they put that because Galaxy's Edge is so new and so hot and we're getting ready to launch reservations sometimes this year for the High Salon, the new hotel in Walt Disney World that is a part of Star Wars? Or did they release all that merchandise because the movie was coming? You know, it's which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's Mm -hmm. definitely one of those. It's going to be a Star Wars merchandise holiday, I think. And With everybody home, I mean, a good part of the world is home now. And even homeschooling, you kind of gain all of those hours a day and not getting ready and not running around that people are looking for things. And so, yeah, short 45-minute movie that makes you laugh, that inspires the holidays and sells merchandise. Because we know maybe this was going to be longer and go direct to theater. We know direct to theater isn't happening this year. Mm -hmm. We know how many divisions are just taking such a hit financially that maybe that's it. This was the big plug to push more merch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think too, even irrespective of COVID Disney has been doing, you know, that phrase about when you put a toad in a pot and you raise the temperature (laughs) gradually, that's how you cook a toad. Otherwise they'll jump out Mm -hmm. or or a frog. (laughs) I whatever. (laughs) 
I feel like Disney has done very well at a- making us accustomed to merch tie-ins at every turn. Every good attraction ends in a gift shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, and yeah. that has always <laughs> been the case. And, you know, they're tying all their classic attractions back to Disney IP so we can move more merch that way. So I think really I'm just used to it. Like I am the frog in the pot of boiling water and I'm just fine here. There's definitely a lot out there. And I think there's also a difference in how they merchandise online and shop Disney and their partners like Target and Walmart versus how they merchandise in the parks. One of the big tips that I always give to our clients is that you can return merchandise that you bought in any Disney shop anywhere on property. Hmm. So I buy things all trip long because there are certain things that are very unique. When you exit a ride, especially Star Wars rides like Galaxy's Edge, a lot of that merchandise can only be purchased in Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a custom-made thing like a lightsaber or a droid, it's returnable. And it's returnable in your resort gift shop. So I always say, buy it because you see it. It may not be there. They may be out of your size when you go back. And then the last night, I cover the bed in the hotel room with all my purchases. And I look at some of it and I say to myself, Am I really ever going to wear the headband with the slinky dog that vibrates? All those buyer's remorse things that were awesome when they caught you. And good for Disney. They got me to want that thing when I was there. Mm -hmm. But is it a purchase I'm going to love? And 90% of them come home with me. And 90% of those that come home actually see the light of day. But yes, that merchandise tie-in and that pull your heartstring, be that frog is definitely there. Mm -hmm. That is a great tip. That is not how I approach buying souvenirs in any place. And I'm, if we ever get to go to Disney, (laughs) um, I will definitely use that. That's really helpful. Yeah. That's great to know. Although it'll ruin my tactic with the kids because I definitely (laughs) say you're only allowed to get one souvenir. So you need to think about it all day. If they see me buying up everything, they'll they'll know I'm lying. Well, I'll give you the way to make it work for them. Take the souvenirs. They do resort delivery if you're staying on site. And wait until the last night to pick it all up so they can't have opened anything yet. And then they can make their choice at the end. This is why you're the expert, Sandy. <laughs> so let's talk about the cast and characters. It had all the favorites from the Star Wars movies and shows. Very few original actors. There was Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico and Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. What did you ladies think about the rest of the cast? I was disappointed that Adam Driver was not a part of this. He's one of my favorites. (laughs) But otherwise, I thought everybody was fine. Do you think if they had gotten someone with a closer approximation to Oscar Isaac's voice... No, it's not Oscar Isaacs. Oh, my goodness. Um, Why am I blinking on the actor who plays Poe Dameron? I don't know it. I can't help you out. (laughs) Do you think if they had gotten someone with a closer proximity to Poe Dameron's real voice, you would have recognized him even in his sweater? Uh, I think for him, for like the the orange suit that he usually wears is all I associate with him. So I'm not sure that that would have helped me out. Yeah. No, you're right. It is Oscar Isaac. And that's funny. I was going to say, I think for me, I'm such a highly visual person 
that if this wasn't Lego, it might have bothered me more, but I'm very focused on what I see. And the character is the character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as the voice isn't 12 octaves away, <laughs> I'm looking at what I'm looking at. And so to me, I'm creating that in my own mind with the visual. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. So what do you think about the animation and just the look of the show? I love Lego animation, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I thought of you in that moment when Finn swung the wooden lightsaber at Ray, and she had to like pop her head off so the lightsaber could go underneath and not hit her. I was like, I know Deborah's gonna like that one. Yeah, <laughs> I did enjoy that scene. <laughs> what did you think, Sandy? I struggle sometimes with how Lego does things because they're so into their little Lego people, which I think are adorable. But then every once in a while, they get a character, and I'm like, why did you animate that guy? Like, mm. when you look at Chewie and Jar Jar Banks, they're not not—they're more animated-looking to me than Lego-looking, and I know that's not unique to this specific movie. That's just how they've done it. And I'd love to meet with their equivalent of Imagineers to understand that thought process, because it kind of, to me, some of them look a little out of place. They're the mm-hmm. right, they look like Chewie, and he's an awesome Chewie. But he's like, you know, you have that toy and your kids lose one piece. And so you kind of grab, you know, a marker from another toy Uh because you're just desperate. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where'd you find that Chewy? He doesn't fit your, why doesn't he get a head like everybody else? Why is he so animated versus Legoed? That is an excellent point. I wonder if they feel they have a little bit more leeway in the design of the characters because of the Friends franchise, because their bodies look a little bit more animated on that side of the house, too. That, that makes sense. Like I said, I am a very, very visual person. And so I, it does take me a minute. They look like a little bit like that mismatched toy set to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Sandy, we like to think about the show that we're reviewing every week and think if we can find a movie or TV show for grownups to compare it to. Were you able to compare the Lego Star Wars holiday special to any grown-up shows? So I didn't, but as you're saying it, I'm thinking about one of the reviews that I was reading of it. And it talked about how in the one scene, they dressed them up to look like the reindeer from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So maybe we can go with that one, even though it's not really on par. It kind of brought that childhood nostalgia in. Oh, such a classic. Deborah, how about you? So my gritty HBO reboot, or excuse me, my adult grown-up TV show <laughs> movie comparison had more to do with the plot because in the Lego Star Wars holiday special, Ray is really struggling because she cannot connect with her student who she's trying to impart Jedi philosophy to and she's just not doing a good job because she's actually too critical of a teacher and she's not like a nurturing educator so it reminded me a lot of the movie whiplash where jk simmons plays the emotionally and verbally abusive jazz drum teacher and his like abuse tactics make the student like the best jazz drummer (laughs) he can be Wow, I love that. I love the outside of the box thinking. I was kind of losing my mind because I thought you were going to say Dangerous Minds, though. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I was thinking about this so much that I googled an Entertainment Weekly article with like the best holiday episodes of TV shows. 
Because remember when we were younger and they used to make like 20 some episodes of a television show every year and inevitably one of those episodes would be about Christmas or Thanksgiving because it would come out around the holiday season, right? Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think if any of those would compare and it turns out that I think the Brits really do Christmas specials better than we do because EW's list just didn't do it for me. So I'm going to go with the Downton Abbey first Christmas special where you find out that Matthew can walk again. I think that's what happens. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, next on the list, Sandy, were you able to cast the gritty HBO reboot? Do you want Deborah to go first? Yeah, okay. I struggled with that one. So maybe go ahead and I'll pick up on where we, where we can go. All right. This one is tricky. This is a particularly tricky show to recast a gritty HBO re- reboot because it's like so derivative. Mm-hmm. It's like one, a mashup of all the shows and movies and two it's already been recast (laughs) and gone through the lego disney blender of star wars shakes but i would watch honestly a youtube video of adam driver opening a lego star wars advent calendar (laughs) and playing with the figures and the ships and stuff i think that could be quality lego holiday programming clearly I really missed Adam Driver yeah (laughs) Sandy did that give you any ideas so I guess there was a line in it that if I could take half the line and use it in my house I decided it could be our mantra there was a point in it where they kind of looked at each other and they said less talky talky which is where I'd like to cut it off because I'd like to leave the more fighty-fighty out of my house. And I'm, I'm thinking the HBO, you know, the mom, the the high-end moms who've had enough, and their answer to everything is the less talky-talky. <laughs> I like it very much. Uh, I often do this cop-out when it comes to casting gritty-o, gritty HBO reboots of things that have already been rebooted. I would just like to take the cast of the actual new Star Wars movies and have them do their Lego roles. I was thinking in particular of John Boyega, who has been fairly outspoken with his disappointment in the franchise and the way they treated his character since he is no longer, you know, doing endless press tours for Star Wars. So I thought maybe there were several actors from the franchise who might enjoy a chance to kind of bite their thumb at the preciousness with with which everyone treats Star Wars. (laughs) All right. So was it better when we were kids? Have any of you actually seen the mythical original Star Wars holiday special? No, I have not. I mean, I've definitely heard about it. It's apparently so bad, it's impossible to find. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I, I always tease my daughter that I was born in the age of the dinosaurs because we talk about, there were definitely obviously movies when I was a kid, but when we talk about television, there wasn't cable, there wasn't HBO, even network programming. We had five stations and they went mm-hmm. off the air usually at like midnight or one in the morning. So just the number of hours of TV available 
and the amount of animation animation was Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. That was it when I was a kid. You wouldn't find, you know, and could you get enough people to go to a movie house and watch animation? You know, they stood in line for Star Wars because the appeal wasn't intended for kids when they came out with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously a Lego movie, the appeal is for the kids. Mm-hmm. So very different, I think, when you have so many options and now all the direct to digital, digital, especially Disney Plus, you know, it's something that doesn't compare to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, we often talk about just how much, how many more options there are now for animated content for kids, for sure. Yeah, I'm of two minds on this question. Like one, it's definitely better than we were kids because we wouldn't have been able to watch a Disney holiday special at our leisure whenever we wanted to as many times as we wanted to but on the other hand I remember being pretty young and my parents rented a VCR for the weekend and rented the VHS of one of the Star Wars movies and it was like such an event that I still remember it Mm -hmm. it was probably like 30 to 35 years ago that that happened and so if something is accessible like every day it's not really a treat anymore. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it doesn't feel as special as it did when I was a kid. Right, exactly. Accessibility is two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. There's so much content being pushed out. You're right. There's just constantly, you don't, you don't wait for it the way, you know, Charlie Brown's Christmas, like, that was a thing. And they hyped you new and you didn't have a VCR. So you made sure you were home and you watched it because it was that one watch where you were out of luck unless they re-aired it next year. Yes. Whereas not only is there a lot of content now, but it's on demand. Mm -hmm. So very different. You're right. That's a great way to look at it. I just have to do a shout out to another Star Wars parody property that I actually think is better. Have either of you seen the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars episodes? No, but that sounds funny. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And this was not bad, but that is better, much smarter, much more fun as a grown-up, I thought. Mm-hmm. That's neat. I'll have to Google for that one. Again, because it's all on demand. Yeah, <laughs> yep, all, all available on Disney+. Plus. That's how we watched it. Uh, that's one that my kids have just been experimenting with a little bit lately. So, would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? Alone voluntarily. Let's see how we define that. Would I go flip it on? No. When the TV (laughs) is on, would I be too lazy to change the channel, depending what else I'm doing? Sure, I'll give it that. It's not that I'd turn it off, but I don't know that I'd go seeking it out. Mm -hmm. Deborah, I would not watch it alone voluntarily. How about you, Katie? Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I'd rather watch one of the actual Star Wars canon, canonical Star Wars films. Should we do 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids or younger kids in general? I love it. I love the concept of life day and giving and all of those feelings and great lessons to it. It's like every other animation, a little bit of fun, a little bit of knowledge thrown in when the kids aren't really looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I did watch it with my kids and they enjoyed it immensely they loved it and I thought I think it's fine for them to watch agreed the only downside being as we were discussing before the merch tie-in so inevitably it comes with questions about can I have that can I get Legos like that 
can Santa bring me Legos like that? Why don't well, we get presents for Life Day? TV that doesn't have a March tie-in. Yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> Even you're right. non-Disney, they've all got the March tie-in. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Ratings. We do our ratings on a scale from one to five, and they are super uh, subjective. I guess our only rule is once you say it out loud, you're never you're never allowed to change it. <laughs> and I assume five is your top. Yes. Right. Okay. I'd give it a four. You know, it wasn't history making. It wasn't anything that I'm killing to watch 50 times over. It was fun. I laughed. It had great music. I didn't say, God, that's 45 minutes. I'll never get back in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Deborah, yeah, how about I you? would similarly give it a four for the same reasons. I would go one step lower and give it a three. You know, we've been watching holiday content for the podcast for three years now. I feel like this is probably the worst of the holiday stuff we've reviewed. Not that it was bad, but if we're talking on a scale of stuff that I would like to watch as an adult, this is the lowest. It was underwhelming. I agree with you, Katie. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time Too. Sandy, thank you so much for talking with us today and helping us review the Star Wars Disney Lego Holiday Special. We all got a nice little preview of what Sandy's podcast is like. She is the ultimate Disney expert. Um, Sandy, can you tell our listeners where to find you and learn more about Let's Talk Diz and Easy Diz? Oh, definitely. Thank you. Our podcast, as you said, is Let's Talk Diz. It comes out every Wednesday. And the idea is it's kind of, and you'll hear how old I am now, it's the Encyclopedia for Disney. We break our episodes down 20 minutes a week for all the planning you need about any Disney destination. And then EZDISEZ.com is our travel agency. We only work with Disney properties and we make your Disney planning easy. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. I loved being here. It was such a treat. And I hope as we enter the holiday season in the new year that the force is with both of you and all of your listeners. Oh, thank Thank you. you. And a happy life day to you, too. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our website at myscreentime2.com. Find us on all the social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can even email us at myscreentime 2 at gmail.com send us your show or movie suggestions article recommendations or general comments our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children and our podcast is produced by katie tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and tv beloved by kids and tolerated by parents Bye. Bye.